Welcome back to the Parent Stuff Podcast. This is our fourth season, the new year, bringing you parenting advice to help parents win. My name is Evan Semenko. I am the host, and each week I try to bring you an interview with somebody that can help you as a parent. We're busy. If you're a parent trying to figure this out, if you're a grandparent trying to help your kids, your grandkids, whoever you are that you found this podcast, we're thankful that you're listening, and I want to give you a little bit of time and a little bit of energy to help you to win as a parent, whatever that looks like, whatever phase you're in. We're glad glad you're here. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you get each week's episode when it comes in your feed, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. And thanks for downloading and thanks for listening to this one. My guest today is Brittany Spivey. Brittany is the founder, owner of Simply Chic Boutique. That has been a huge success the last 15 years in the shreveport Bossier area. Has expanded and opened new stores. And she is a mom of four boys that is here to help talk about the newborn phase because Brittany and I are both now parents of newborns, young kids in our upper 30s and we talk about that and the challenges of working with Gen Z going through as she's hiring and trying to help parents of teenagers to maybe be able to have those conversations and talk more about that all over the map today helping and trying to bring you some great parenting tips so thanks for listening and check out this episode of Brittany. All right, I'm here with Brittany Spivey, repeat guest, one of our most listened to podcast guests every year. Brittany, thanks for coming back. Thank you. Uh, what were you about to say? I was going to say, I think Paul just shares it a lot. I love that. Thank <laughs> you, Paul. Her husband is great. Tell us about your family. Tell us about you. What do you do? And your great kids. So I work at Simply Chic Boutique. Um, I've done that for about almost 13 years. And let's not just say work, founder, creator, oh, business owner. Yeah. Let's give you some accolades here. I'm going to brag for you. I'm not even the number one employee there. <laughs> like never even been employee of the month. So uh, We should get you an award. You yeah. deserve that. We have a little plaque. Absolutely. So you're entrepreneur. Yeah. And then I've been married to Paul since 2009. 2009. I know. So, um, and then we have four boys. So I work all with boys. all women. And then I have all boys. Go home. home to that fire. Yeah. Give us the ages of those kids. So Parker will turn 10 in March. Wow. Brooks just turned seven. He told me today he is my medium son. Uh, he said, <laughs> nice. Mom, I'm your medium kid. Um, John Paul just turned five, a whole hand. And then Sutton um, is 16 months. 16 months. That's, yes. a, that's a wide age gap there. It is. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because for anybody listening, you knew the podcast, you heard me. I have three daughters. The exact opposite here is Brittany. We have all the girls. And Nora is in second grade. She's seven and a half. Eliza's four and a half. She'll start kindergarten in August. And Willa is three months the, uh, tomorrow. Yeah. If you, when you're listening to this. but We're kind of stair-stepped. We are. Yeah. We are. That's right. It's great for arranged marriages. Oh, good just call. Like you know absolutely yeah. but you were just saying a decade of being a parent yeah. and that's kind of what we're talking about today so if you're a parent listening to this if you're in the parenting phase you have elementary kids younger kids preschool kids and you and me are newborn parents again basically yeah. at our older ages we're not going to say we're old because we're not geriatric parents Geri it's kind of what they call it Truly. right it's 35 over right it was geriatric pregnancy for sure absolutely so, which yeah. is wild yeah. I still feel like I'm in my mid-20s I don't know about you I tell people that like I think I now feel old enough to be married but not have kids. Like, we're literally still faking it till we make it. Just and you've like, been a parent for a decade. I was just like, what did my dad say to me? Okay, I'll go with that. Where's the adult? Some... Who's yeah. the adult in this room yeah. that's going to take care of these kids? Yeah. Like, oh. I'm just babysitting them and hoping it turns out okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, married for, that'd be 13 years? 14 years. Going on 14 yeah. years? Yeah. Yeah. When we'll be He's married. He's my longest boyfriend. Hey, good. Let's keep him around. He's a good yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It'll be I say that sometimes because I remember when we got married. We'd only dated for like two years, and I'd had boyfriends for two years. Yeah. And I was, Paul doesn't 
freak out about commitment, but I kind of do. And I was like, like, what if I just don't like him again, like another boyfriend? <laughs> like, I mean, I knew I loved him, you know, a lot. Right, right. But it totally, because I come from a broken, you know, my parents divorced. Mm. So Chase Hartley said, broken home. Yeah, the quotes. That's, that's kind there, <laughs> yeah. Chase. Thank you. Thank you, Chase. <laughs> uh, and so, anyways, I think I, it, like, kind of freaked me out. Yeah. And then now I'm like, God, he's been my longest boyfriend. Yep. Mallory, my wife, has said the same thing. She's like, I've never really committed to anything as long as I committed to you. I'm, yeah. like, I'm glad I made the cut. I appreciate Thanks. it. That's right. It'll be 12 years for us this May. So, we're a little bit down the road, depending on when you're listening to this. The average age of parents is kind of what I want to start off with, because this fascinates me. Yeah. So, I looked it up. 1972, they started tracking it. Okay. What was the average age of a first mom in 1972, Brittany, if you had to guess? Ooh. So, 24? long time. 26. Okay. First time mom, 26. First time dads was 30. So, okay. a four-year dad. dad. Dads tend to be older. They tend to go. Women right. tend to start having kids younger. And like you said, geriatric pregnancy, health. Right. There's been a lot of innovation and changes that has helped that and made mm-hmm. it better. IVF. I've had friends that have gone through different right. things and able to be parents that couldn't before. Right. So, all that's kind of shifting and changing. I just think it's fascinating. And talking to you as someone who works with all women that are mm-hmm. going through these different phases. And then today, they just did a study in 2022. It came out a couple weeks ago that the average age in America for first-time moms is 30. Okay. First time in history of the world that moms have waited that long to become moms. So just first thought, what do you think about that? Do you notice that? Do you talk to your friend group? Do you see kind of anecdotally? Yes, because I, you know, my mom passed away when she was 32, almost 33. Mm. So naturally we compare ourselves to kind of like our parents, you know. And so someone was asking me about that. And I'm like, you know, now I'm four years older four or five years older than she was. and But her children at the time were nine and 12. Wow. So it's still hard for me to compute because I don't yeah. have a 12-year-old yet. Uh, but Parker was my age. And so it's like my mom in my mind feels like she was older than I am now hmm. because we kind of think our who's older based on their kid age. Right. Oh, that? yeah, absolutely. I'm like, you feel older than me because your kids are older. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there'd be middle school parents that would come to middle school ministry. The last couple of years I was doing student ministry and have 12-year-old middle schoolers, 11-year-old middle schoolers are my age. It's like, my daughter's like four. Right. <laughs> it's, it does not compute. It makes it sense. So and it's hard to So they feel more mature. Right. Just because they're further along in their like, life yeah. Events. Absolutely. Than we are. So we didn't have kids till I was 27, almost 28. I was basically 28. My yeah. daughter's 27. So that my sister, though, is 32, just had her first baby in January. Wow. She was a physical therapist. She yeah. still is. She got her doctorate, waited, didn't get right. married till she was recently. And it's just, it seems like it's changing. It seems like it's different. I think it's hard for people to wrap their heads around. Well, and we grew up with, at least I did, like if you, you know, statistically, if you got a college education, you lived on your own. Yeah. And then you got married. Your chances of it improving were like a ton. Right. Because statistically, I am more prone to have a divorce. Hmm. I mean, and Paul is not. Like, because his parents are still together. Yeah. His grandparents are still together. Like, both sides of my grandparents divorced. Hmm. And my parents. And, like, the majority of my aunts and uncles. So, like, it just... I guess that, that that's there for someone whose parents and their family has been broken like that. As you know, that, that that's an option. Yeah. Now, look, we have a beautiful family. And, like, my stepmom, like, could not love her more. And, sure. like, you know, so I hate even, like, the broken. Because it's a beautifully put-together family. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, but I always thought about that, like, hmm. through life. I think because of how, you know, not having my mom. And I was always watching everyone's families and going, okay, let me take note of what they're doing. Mental notes, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I need to live on my own for a little while. Yeah. 
just because I thought that helped with my statistics. You know? <laughs> Get better. That's what are the statistics to have four boys? You know, yeah, like, the odds are against that for sure. Yeah. And three girls, right? right. It's just that's yeah. one of those fluky things right. when you look at it. Yeah, I have a friend who has a great story that basically the girl he dated in high school. He said he, the most things he learned about parenting was from their family, and he only dated her for like less than a year. Right. But being around that, seeing it, being exposed to right. it, helped him so much. And doing that, his own parents weren't necessarily healthy. And it, do you go and you learn mostly from your parents? Right. But as you get older, you start to figure that out and see that. I always joke and say that I never had a roommate. I lived at home for college. I moved right. out by myself for six months, and we got married. And so I was 22, and I got married. I was younger than yeah. the statistics of getting married, but we waited five years to have kids. Right. And we paid off student loans, and we were traveling right. and enjoying that, and I have no regrets about that. No. And I think about the regret series we're doing right now of how many parents maybe do suffer and deal with those regrets of making bad choices or becoming right. a parent earlier than they intended to. And then I think about how many parents regret not having another kid maybe. And that was something we wrestled with. And I'm sure y'all had right. the conversation um, of yes. making those decisions. Are, are we going to really have another kid at 35? Are we really going to do this and start over? And right. there's pros and cons to everything. And I, one of the things I talked about Mallory a lot was it's like, we can not ever undo this decision right now. We have the chance to <laughs> yeah. choose if we're going to have another kid. We're very fortunate. We have healthcare. We have all these right. things, but we can't undo that, <laughs> but we have the choice to do it or not. It was very binary. Right. We're either having a kid or we're not. Right. We control that. And so it's been a process of getting there. And it really, it was about two years we talked about it with Eliza. And that's between right. that gap and figuring that out. So for you guys, you were 100% having a fourth kid. You were all on board. You feel like it was an easy decision or was it? Well, you know, Paul's a fourth kid. So we always laugh about this yeah. because like. Literally, if his mom and dad would have been like, we don't want that fourth kid. Like, Paul <laughs> There's would no not Paul, be right. Yeah. But he, Paul is just a very content person. So, mm -hmm. like, had a, we just had Parker, I think, and I was like, I don't want any more. He'd be like, okay. And if after Brooks, if I was like, I don't want any more. He'd be like, okay. So, three, you got to think, our first two had a lot of delay, speech, and OT, mm -hmm. you know. And um, so, after the third, he was like, I'm tapped out. <laughs> And I'm like, I am not, you know, I knew I wanted one more. Yeah. Well, then we, you know, we miscarried like three times mm. and it was just really hard. And he's like, every time he's like, I, I think, I think we're good, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, no, we're not ending on a loss. Like I, this is something I still want, you know? Um, so it was really, really hard because Paul mm. naturally, he's a peacemaker. He's a nine, wants to give me everything I want, wants, you know, me to be happy, but he was happy and content and probably even a little overwhelmed with three, <laughs> truly. <laughs> and I'm like, you will love this baby once it gets here. And he's like, I know I will, but we're, you know, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah. And we, um, like my parents still work and Paul's parents, you know, they're older. Like, you know, they're not prepared to keep four kids all the time. They do help out, but sure. like that, it's a lot. Yeah. And so we always tease with Sutton, and it, I'm like, oh, mama wanted you. you know? And he's like, you've got to stop saying that. You know? It's getting too old. Obviously, he's spitting. You know? Oh, yeah. But it was a lot. And I remember Mallory and I talking through it. Yeah. Because there's something about a mom, and it's really hard to turn that off when you have that desire for that baby. And to, you feel like your family is not finished. I can't explain it to you because I had three little boys. Our house was always full. Mm -hmm. But there was someone missing. Yeah. And you might not feel that way if you're listening to this and you don't have that desire at all. That's okay. And it's, I never every understood. mom's different. Yeah. I never understood when I was like, you feel finished. And they're like, yes, now I do. And the only thing I can tell you is like, I'm at max capacity. Yep. The time and attention I want to give each boy go to all their things in homeroom. I don't think I could take on anymore. Yeah. 
I've always been like, if somebody just came to me and gave me a baby, I had to take it. But at this <laughs> point, I think if I added more, I would be taken away from what I have. I just don't think I working like I do and what all we have in our plate, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. I mean, may, uh, God, you could prove me wrong. <laughs> like, but... And you probably feel like that with three. Absolutely. And that was the thing was I was trying to talk to Mallory about that feeling that I didn't necessarily have at first. And we talked through and we honestly went to counseling because we wanted to talk through and I really wanted to understand. And we're big believers in counseling. We still go to marriage counseling. I think everybody should go and benefit from it. But talking through that, she's like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just feel this way. And I was like, so how are you not going to feel that way about wanting a fourth? How are you not going to wait? And she didn't know. But now that we've had a third, she feels done. It's the same thing. Well, also that vasectomy like a month later really helps. Um, There you go. So Paul was like, let me get that vasectomy before the baby. And I was like, can we just get a healthy baby here? (laughs) So we had him October 4th and then December like 1st. Paul's like in there. He said he didn't want to do Thanksgiving break because too many kids were home. He wanted the week of relaxation. Good call. So we get in my car to go and the car doesn't start. And I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> it's a sign. It's a sign. And he was like, get your butt in my truck. Like, we got I'm, another car. We'll Uber there. <laughs> I like, didn't know that. That's hilarious. Yeah. I was like, it's a sign. He was like, no, it ain't. Oh, yeah, that's good. So that's that so made funny. it more <laughs> final. But honestly, I had a piece going into it. I think, you know, and you and Mallory, too. Yeah. You had a compromise for that third. I mean, compromise. We got our way. But you know what I mean? Like, right. It, but it was talking through it and we explaining. We went to counseling. And, yeah. We prayed about it. We talked about it. There were tears. And it's like, so we knew we weren't going to push the envelope anymore. We yeah. got we got that last one and we were done. Here we are. Yeah. So I'm thinking about all these parents now. It makes me feel old that we're in middle school ministry. We're sixth, seventh graders coming to our house every Wednesday right. night for a while. These girls are now in their early 20s, mid 20s, having kids. What do you wish you could go back and tell yourself as a new parent for the first time? What is something that you feel like you've learned, you've gotten better at, you understand better that yeah. you didn't know when you had that first one? I think, what did they say um, in church on Sunday? They, Brian said something about, like, what you stress about is what you trust God with the least. Mm, look and, at that. It's a great message. We'll put a link in the show yes, notes if you didn't Brian, hear it. That's right. And yeah, good job pulling that. He married us. You know. <laughs> Anyways, um, I thought about that because with Parker, I was such an anxious parent in the beginning. And mm. he is my, bless him, my most anxious child, <laughs> which a lot of firstborns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nora, same way. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and... So, you know, I wish I could have loosened up a little bit, but it was just all so new. Do you think there was anything anybody could have said, though, right then that would have made you loosen up? I don't know. You know, like I always say this with Paul, like we gradually fell in love, right? Like, I mean, of course, I like had a huge crush on him and, you know, loved him quickly. But like he dated me. He kind of, you know, with my family, it was all very gradual. Well, Parker, all of them, they're like out of my stomach and I'm looking at them and it's like, I would lay in front of a train. Instant. Yeah. It was so, it was scary. Mm. I loved them so much, so instantly, a love I had never felt before that I didn't know how to give that to God. Yeah. Really? You know? That's like, heavy. It's true. And where Paul, it's like, I prayed through that, our dating It was logical. It I was thought out. before him. Yeah. I dated people and got a taste of love, you know, not even compared to him, <laughs> like puppy love. Right. But like, I practiced. Mm. There was no practice in for Parker. He was there and it was like, whoa. And biologically, I think moms are designed to do that, right? But it's a God that loves us that creates the system to help and make that such a connection and be able to keep them alive. So you learn it over time. Right. You know, you have to, like, 
over time, like, okay, I've just got to trust God. And that's what I was going to say. I think if Mallory time traveled to Mallory in 2015 with a newborn, nothing Mallory right now would say to her would change Mm -mm. and you have to experience. So as a new mom listening, that pressure and other parents or other people come and say and tell you this stuff, you got to figure it out on your own. Take that pressure off yourself. There is. And, you know, I taught Jen always is a family counselor. She's so, I mean, so knowledgeable and she talks me through a lot of things I, i'm mm. like i almost feel like counseling is like coaching yeah it really is I lisa think mcdaniel like she and one thing she would always be like let your kids fail now mm. because if not they're going to fail later and so things like that with parker where it's like you just want to snow plow every problem out of the way and i think that's a great point to mentors to have an older yeah. people in your life to do that and ideally when you're in a church when you're connected right. when you do a life group when you find these people that you mm-hmm. trust in your life they do life with you that's why we right. do these things and if you haven't been in one you're new to simple church you're not going to simple church somebody sent you this podcast that is why we believe in the church because it should be intergenerational right. you should have people that are there you've lost your mom at an early age but right. you've had these women Women in your life that have helped walk alongside you. I've had mentors. I eat lunch with Bill McConthy once a month. Right. He's a girl dad that raised kids that are great, that are friends of mine. Right. And he's somebody I want to be like. And I meet with him and he takes the time to do that. But those relationships, I think a lot of people don't know how to start or they don't know how to do it. And as right. a parent, you're busy, you're stressed, you don't have time. Church should be that way. Right. <laughs> that is why we do it the way that we do it. And we would love for you to come and do that. And it's not like yes. you're going to walk in the doors and an old person's going to hunt you down and be like, here's everything you need to know about parenting. But it should be gradual. It should take that time and that energy and finding a life group, finding right. these things is worthwhile because you don't know the benefits of it until you look back in hindsight. And you're like, man, Lisa McDaniel, somebody right. that meant a lot to me and helped. I didn't ever go and say, like, I'm going to hire you to be my coach. But right. she helped you. She walked through life. And I mean, I don't want just just Paul and I pouring into our children. Yeah. You know, I mean, gosh, we would really mess them up. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't know about that. And I think about like when we come into church on Sunday, all the people who pour into not just me, but my family, Shannon Fur is, you know, always every Sunday is rocking the baby to sleep. And mm. like they have a special relationship. And Chrissy Ayard, you know, like loves my boys and literally every Sunday tells them she loves them. Mm. And they think that they are important to them. They are important. Yeah. You know, somebody else cares. Sandra Posey, like she knows all John Paul and Brooks's idiosyncrasies, like and how they are and what they like. And, you know, all of these people who pour into your kid. And I know because I volunteered in the children's ministry. And that's for a 10 huge years, part. Right. And I loved those babies. I knew what they liked and what they didn't like. And there's so. people probably listening to this that say you would be that person for their kids. And as a middle school pastor, as the youth pastor, I got to go and do that with yeah. those students. And I, you see them as they grow up. It's like yeah. Caroline Reed and Kylie Hodges, who yeah. we like, we knew them since they were fifth graders going to sixth grade. We're cheering from that for them. How many years later? Yeah. Like 15 years mid-20s, later. Mid-20s, right. <laughs> and it's still when I see them succeed, like I, it makes me ha- like proud like a mama yeah. for them. And so you have that at church and Absolutely. it grows with them. And let's not even talk about like if there's a tragedy or mm. something traumatic, the family you have, yeah. the support unit that you have in a church. And that's a great plug for children's ministry. We absolutely encourage that. Christy does a great job. If you've never been upstairs, let's talk about that for a minute because I know in my own friend group and I've seen parents on mm-hmm. Sunday mornings where they're reluctant to bring their kids upstairs. Mm-hmm. It's hard to take them up there. They don't know that it's fearful. What would you say to somebody that maybe is not taking their kids upstairs right now? So I always, I was literally, the someone who trains me, she was talking about, they come and she's like, I haven't really. And I said, listen, those teachers know a, a scared mama. They'll get your number. Yeah. And they'll. Te- I would text mamas 10 minutes into the service and say, we're good. You know, they're going to walk your baby. They're going to talk. They're going to give your baby a snack. They're going to make sure. And same with your kids. Like 
they have an eye for the the lost sheep, the kid who might not feel comfortable, and they're watching them. They're making sure that they're taken care of. Um, And a lot of times it's mamas or teachers like Molly McAdoo, who already is with kids all week, and then she volunteers. name dropping all these great volunteers. That's good. It is true. They're great people. I walk through our church on Sunday, and I am very grateful and maybe because I have volunteered, I know the sacrifice they're giving, you mm. know, and the, and then I see it on the other side, how good it is for the person coming, who it's hard to get four kids to church, you know. Amen. So, but these are volunteers. Most of them have been there four years. And Long term. they do it because they love those kids and those babies. Um, and it really is pretty easy to do. If I can do it with four kids. That's right. You, you can, can do, do it. it. If yeah. you're listening to I don't this. think anyone has more than me. So <laughs> there you go. Let us know. Send us yeah. an email. It's yes, in the show notes. I would love to talk to you and see how you're doing it with five or six. Yeah. Because, yeah. golly, yes. <laughs> that's a lot. I'm like, and the, the boys, no handsome clothes. And that's the great thing about civil church. Yep. Like, Oh, I hate that was a huge fight dressing up. Yeah. Yeah. I had zip off pants because I was required to wear pants. And every time I got in the parking lot of growing up at church, I would go and unzip them in summer because I did not want to wear pants. But that's how you wear your best. What is it about pants and boys? I don't know. I'm like, I've given up. Third grade, you're on your own. You're dumb, and you're on your own. But it's not just boys. We had a fight with our seven-year-old about wearing pants last week. She didn't want to wear them. They're itchy. Don't come to you. But. Oh, that's a whole nother podcast. Whole nother, that's yeah. right. But thank yeah. you for saying that. I did not make you say that. It's not required. No, it's it really, like, that it is, really is. You're a champion for children's ministry, and you've got kids in it, and you're doing I that. Do. And we really appreciate that. So if you're listening, if you're hesitant, the family experience is another great way to do that. Mm-hmm. We started this thing in COVID called the Family Experience in a Box, FX Box. The new one just went out when you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. You can go to thefx.tv. You can get them shipped, even if you're listening to this somewhere else. And it is a spiritual conversation to have at your home mm-hmm. once a week. We did our first one for February. There's a craft. There's a do good project the kids right now have the stickers of doing kindness this month on the fridge and they were yeah. doing them this week it's a great free resource right and the boys love it yeah, yeah. absolutely they're tearing into them like as soon as they can and fighting over candy as my kids oh, and, and there's always something fun and, yeah but it is a great way to do that so go upstairs give it a try the first of the month they do uh fx live right now so they went and had like a big thing they had skits and songs mm-hmm. and nora the seven-year-old she loves it now she's excited and wants to go up there yeah. she's a pastor's kid she has to be there but i'd yes. much rather her be excited about going right <laughs> than being forced to go and you know i mean reach out to one of us if it is like yeah. your first time because i've had friends who've come and they're like what are, and i'm like i'll walk with you to the first you know Absolutely. or whenever like well, just bring Cell phone number is? Yes, right here. Call me whenever. But no, really, email me, and I would love to get you connected with somebody to help you walk through it. I did a tour again for yeah. this, somebody this past week where it just helps to know somebody to walk around. It can be intimidating at first, for I'm sure, sure, for some people. But like the, the escalators, that's like one long escalator up there. It is. You know? The biggest escalator in the state of Louisiana. I feel it. <laughs> it is. And some people are worried about it. There is an elevator, too, if that freaks you out. And there's an elevator guard. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's very safe. Very safe. Yeah. <laughs> a true story. We went on a mission trip to Mission Arlington with middle school kids, and a girl girl we went to the rangers game was like the fun thing yeah got on the escalator and she cried 11 12 years old never been on an escalator in her life was terrified of them we had to go and ask somebody to use the elevator but uh-uh. people are really afraid of escalators sometimes i mean it's scary yeah, it's not ideal yeah the elevator take Listen, the elevator one time um, brooks <laughs> loves to run towards the escalator he's yep. gotten better he's We've that kid him. middle yes. kid yeah eliza but does I was too. like i had the baby and i think paul was out of town i was like parker get him and parker <laughs> that like, voice changed <laughs> like, clotheslined him <laughs> And like Brooks was ticked. Because, oh yeah. And I was like, "Good job, Parker! Like tackle, Keep take him, him out. Just don't let him permission. Go yeah, yeah. Best day of Parker's life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nor not tackle anybody, but Eliza definitely runs and makes you nervous. Yeah. It's, kids are so weird. Oh, oh, gosh. Middle yes. kids. That's different. Listen, Parker came home yesterday. He said the best day of his life. That he asked. I'll, I'll leave her name blank. Yeah. You know, he asked her to marry her him. She said yes. 
they are now boyfriend girlfriend. Oh wow! Congratulations. He's how old again? He is almost ten. Yeah. So. So I'm putting him to bed last night, and my boys like me to like lay with him, and I'm like, you know, for someone who's pretty much married, <laughs> you'd think you could put your kid yourself to sleep at night, you know. <laughs> How do you take that? I mean, he, I don't, there's no logic. Cause right. Like, they had like a ceremony at recess. There oh, was like attendance. Yeah. They're going to redo it today. Wow. Um, because a teacher wasn't there. They had a sub. So the teacher I, need a witness. I told this girl's <laughs> older sister about that. And this, she's in high school and she goes, I never thought my little sister would get married twice before I had my first boyfriend. Oh, it just puts in perspective. Yeah. But he had drawn a ring around his pointer finger. Wow. Serious. I mean, <laughs> Oh. Young love. That's right. And you're about to enter a whole new phase of middle school. You're getting Woo! close. I don't know. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. But anyways. Yeah, mine right now, seven and four. The seven-year-old reads it quietly. It's great. She loves a book. She's she goes such a first child. She is. And then Eliza right now is into parkour. So she's building like obstacle courses in our living room and jumping on them and yeah. trying to put the nugget couch and unfold them and she's such a second and it's so true it's all it. the stereotypes it's it's so weird it is that's right Little do you Willa. read like birth order oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah well you're so into enneagram like me yes absolutely. do you feel like you can start to see your kids enneagrams i don't i just my own personal story is i was such a different person from when i was in seventh grade and before and then when i started going into seventh grade middle school right. i had such a change my personality completely changed i was video game quiet never want to talk to anybody right. went to camp in middle school really got saved well, my said, whole, yeah. exactly and then in the high school became an intern wanted to go into ministry right. started talking in front of people so if you had asked me in 1997 i'm a totally different person than you think i would be right so i try not to but I mean, there's all the tendencies, right? You right. see the different things, and they want to please. Like, who's a pleaser? Exactly, who's not exactly. Eliza doesn't care. Who's an achiever? You know. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Kind of Class thing. clown, and yeah. Want to be fun, and what's the next thing? Yeah. And, oh yeah. I mean, and and some of my boys want to please me in a different way yeah. Yeah. than others. Eliza know? went around four years old and just decided yesterday because Mallory had said something and got onto her that she was going to empty every trash can in the house. In yeah. First time acts, ever in her life, she went and served and just right. was so proud when I got home to tell me she had emptied the trash cans. It's like, I don't know what I got to eat. I like this. <laughs> Let's right. keep this going. But Nora's never done that. And it's just one of those right. funny things. It where It is cool to see them and how they, you know, they're how, what they need, you know, physical touch or, you know. Yep. Eliza likes to wrestle. Nora doesn't yeah. want, yeah, she wants to be picked up and thrown and tickled and. Yeah. It is weird. And especially like little babies, because when they're little, you're all like, oh, they're just so sweet and easy. And then it's like they hit two. They have their own opinions on things. Yeah. Like Sutton's figured out how he can like, when somebody gets something he wants, he knows how to get his way. So Mm -hmm. he's kind of turned into the boss baby. Yep. He's yeah. the work in the system. He knows. Yes. They're smart. It's all the, that's what I tell Mallory too is like when they want candy or a snack or something, it's like literally that is every bit of their brain power right now is trying to figure out and ask the questions and manipulate us to get what they want. Like they don't, they're not thinking about jobs. They're not thinking about bills. Right. Their only goal right now is to get you to give them the that's other so piece of candy true. that they want. <laughs> and they're sitting there scheming and using all so, that. So Paul told, sometimes we'll let the boys, you can watch your iPad for a minute, like five yeah. minutes, settle oh, down. And then we'll come we can get in. on that if you want. Yeah. We'll come in and put you to bed. So Paul was like, and John Paul goes, okay, daddy, you don't have to put me to bed. Like I, I'll put myself <laughs> to bed. And Paul goes, okay, that's fine. Give me your iPad. He goes, how did you know? Still got Scheming. It. Oh yeah. And like Paul, so I keep a note section yeah. for each of my boys in my phone. That's smart. And every time they say something funny or whatever, that's I write it down. That's a great idea. Yeah. That's worth this podcast right here. There you go. Pro tip. Um, and so I do that and I also do it for like all of their checkups 
how hmm. tall they are, what percentile they are, whatever. Yeah. So then I can compare, you know, and then I can look back and, and just keep it's just, track. Yeah. Yeah. But each of them has all of their information in a note section. Love that. Yeah. That's a great idea. So for sure. it's easy to pull it up. I also do the, the keepsake thing. I yeah. think you told me that about that years ago where it texts so. you and you yes. can answer a question. Uh-huh. Yep. Mallory does that and then it kind of logs them and keeps track. And I'll put a link to that too. Yes. And Paul uh, said to make sure you that people should do time hop because it makes me sad. So oh. nostalgic. But it also, how fast time goes. It is. The yeah. days are long. He was like, tell Evan that. The weeks are short. Yeah. There you go. I'm glad <laughs> we get him like, on here. We always tell Evan. Leave Paul He's like, out. time hop makes me like, cherish my time because it's going so fast i think i'm at like 2900 straight days of time hop i'll do it every day and love it and see and go back yes and the other thing just honestly like this sounds very pastoral but somebody will pop up on there and i will text them or check on them or pray for them when i see them like i haven't seen that person in eight years it you know it's never been easier to keep in touch with people it's we're busier but like you know, Mallory and I could go on a street talking to each other just on memes and like videos <laughs> and like have whole conversations yeah. through videos. But when's the last time you saw Mallory in person? Right. You, I mean, not, I that's feel, a, not to knock you, no, but yeah, but y'all do. But I feel like we're still connected. Yeah. And then when you see each other, you pick right back up where it was. Right. Or like Snapchat or whatever. Yeah. It's like you can still. Do you do Snapchat? I do. Well, okay. okay. I work with like teenagers. That's a good point. What I love about Snapchat is teenage moms and dads. It, well, not that you should let your kid have that, but I'm just saying. <laughs> most they, of them do already. Most of them don't respond to your text messages. I'm yeah. talking my employees. Yeah. Like, no response. But if they open a snap, I can see it. And I'm like, caught. Gotcha. Kid, you better you better text me back. Get to work. Snap me back. Because <laughs> I know you saw it. Because I can see on here you saw it. That is so funny. It's amazing. So I'm using their game against them. Look at you. You're scheming. You're that's outsmarting where, and them. And really, it's simply chic Snapchat, but I mean, I You're use using it, yeah. it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I'm not on Snapchat. I've not been on it, but I think the last thing I saw was like 90% of Gen Z is on Snapchat. And, you know, like we have a TikTok for Simply Chic. I try not to get on there. I feel like we already spend enough time on like Facebook and Instagram. Sure. And I don't need to go down another rabbit hole. I've picked up TikTok. I have done that one. Yes. I don't do Snapchat, but TikTok I love. Yeah. It's good. That's right. Well, okay. What is your your guilty thing in your algorithm? Because you know it all has it. Like, I love cake decorating. Okay. Now, this is my weird one. Yeah. I love horseshoeing. Horseshoeing? Like putting on the shoes on horses? Yes. Wow. Something about it. You give me a hundred guesses. Something about it is so satisfying. (laughs) My brother is like, you are so weird. And I'm like... I don't know what it is, but I like horseshoeing, and it it knows me and my algorithm. Oh yeah, it, it feeds you more up. of it. It does. Is it that does. not sick? That's so funny. <laughs> what a weird thing. And then like Paul, this is so nerdy. He likes woodwork. Woodworking. That's in there his algorithm. Ron Swanson over there. It tells so much about you. <laughs> It knows. Yeah, mine is probably like stupid humor, uh, like Arrested Development. I'll show, show clips. It's yes. still hilarious of yeah. doing that. It's, but I don't know if I have anything super weird. Like Mallory would probably say I do. Um, it's weird because you're yeah. like, or like cheerleading. St- I, didn't, I mean, I didn't even cheer. And I, I like cheerleading stunts. I'm very impressed by it because it keeps sending them to me. Yeah. Aquatic animals. <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> what the I, world? That's so funny. But that is my soul. Yeah. In that algorithm right there. Right. Mine's probably nerdy tech stuff. I <laughs> yeah. mean, I just love like reviews, unboxing of seeing different gear and yeah. that stuff. But no aquatic animals that I can think of. You're welcome. That's right. Thank you. That's you we never knew. Learn a little bit. Peek behind the curtain. <laughs> I listened to a podcast yesterday and they are asking like, uh, they do table topics at the 
the yeah. end to get to know the guest. Yeah. And the guy that was hosting with him said that he watches uh, like soldier videos when he's feeling down of like soldiers coming home and reuniting with their families. <laughs> and that that's is nothing his. better. Oh, he said. It gets you every yeah, time. Absolutely. Who could not be moved by that? It gets you every time. <laughs> that is awesome. That's and listen, his. our friends are probably listening. Oh, yeah. Thank now you. I'm going to have all this. That's right. Uh, let's I'll see. I'll send what it do you to you when Aquatic it's animals. Aquatic animals. <laughs> <laughs> you would think mine would be like fashion, right? And like, but you do that all day, makeup. Yeah, but it's not horseshoeing. You know, my mother-in-law has a horse. If you ever want to come shoe a horse, I have no idea. <laughs> it's just satisfying. It's very quick. <laughs> Okay. Instant results. I don't know. It's so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> All right. One last thing before we get out of here. We're talking about you do work with a lot of Gen Z, younger yeah. girls, and then you do have moms that work with you too. And yeah. so I'm thinking we about- We have a 75-year-old almost. Hey. 15 awesome. to like 75. Yeah. It's a wide range. Yeah. So what do you think as you watch them and you're working through a different generation is one thing of a parent that maybe is my age, that's a millennial, that is now hanging out with kids- <laughs> kids I say kids that their kids are now the same age as our kids and so I went to a birthday party I again I don't know why this I'm just this makes me sound very old mm-hmm. but like mom had a neck tattoo at the seven-year-old birthday party and yeah. she's like this this is not my people necessarily I'm nothing against anybody with yeah. a neck tattoo but it's like I just think about now there's a 10-year age gap between us and parents when they're starting and a little bit later into that, but what do you notice? What is something you've done to help to bridge the gap between the Gen Z kids and that? Like the Snapchat thing's great. That's a funny, right? But it's really something you had to figure out and learn how to communicate with them because text messages isn't. Could you think of anything top of your head? And I didn't prepare you for this ahead of time. Yeah, of working you know, with that generation. It's January and February for retail. It's just like a slower time. Makes sense. Yeah. And. November, December, it's like we're just all working with our heads spinning. So I really, I try not to stress anymore of like the slow times in the store. You know and it's going to yeah, be okay. I'm yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, God's taking care of us through COVID. And so I'm like, we're, so I really try to enjoy that time with them and mm. work alongside them. Um, so there's nothing in the store that I don't do. Like I do all the same things they do. And then work alongside them. And when you're working on a project together, mission trips, think about it, yeah. camp, all these things, you really get to know. That's when they open up. Oh, yeah. And they start joking with you or telling you about themselves and whatever. So I really, I love those months because that's when I'm quiet with the girls and we get to talk and work alongside each other and I really get to know them. Yeah. So if there is something with your kid that you can find and do together, whether it's like, I mean, this sounds totally nerdy, but we like puzzles and stuff. And like, that's when we're just together. Puzzles and horseshoeing. We are so nerdy. I always, listen, my girls, one of them went on a date the other night and she's like, this guy's Brittany, Brittany Spivey approved. And I was like, why do you say that? She's like, cause he is such a nerd. Because nice. I always say nerds make the best husbands. Absolutely. I mean, I'm a nerd too, obviously. But right. I mean, these girls, it is. I get to know their life by just working alongside them. Yeah. And goofing off with them and not being afraid to, like, tell them when you messed up. Mm. And, like, being open. And then they start telling you. There's some things I think they don't tell me because it's probably, like, the parent sure. thing. They're scared I'll be, like, you know, disappointed. or whatever. Right. Oh, but, yeah. Um, you know, we've had to love our girls, our Simply Sheet girls through good, bad, and ugly too. Yeah. And parent them in some ways. And I think they know that we're going to love them even when they mess up, just like our own kids. Yeah. That's a huge thing. And I just think about like, you hear the complaints of this generation doesn't want to work. They're lazy. They're entitled and all this stuff of older generation trying to hire them and do that. But man, I know some really great 20 year olds, 25 year olds that are really doing creative, different outside the box things. Absolutely. I think. The biggest thing I can say, my favorite bosses, and you think this too, um, Aretha Cox, Lisa McDaniel, you know, all these people that I worked 
they worked alongside me. Yes. So they didn't ask me to go wash dishes. Sit in an ivory tower, right? No, they did it with me. And so, like, I just matched their pace, right? And that's, I mean, that's what our kids, like, work alongside them. And it's empathy. I mean, it's a big word. Brene Brown is somebody really like, and that's a whole thing of you can't understand and empathize with somebody if you don't know them. Right. (laughs) And you spend the time and you talk to them. It's like, yeah, it is a big deal. You remember what it's like when you get broken up with. You remember what it's like when you're trying to figure out college and stressed and putting yourself back in the situation. But I think a lot of people, even our age now, are scared of teenagers. They want to avoid them. They don't want to be around them. And they're too much. They're stressful and goofy and whatever. But. Who's going to help them if we aren't the ones that are going to step alongside them? Right. And that's why I love for you, especially in a workplace of you think about like all these people can't get a job or don't want to work or don't have experience. You give them an onboarding point for somebody with no experience. You can hire somebody at 16, 18 that you work and they give them a first job experience. They don't always go well. Right. They always (laughs) learn something, though, I'm sure. Because you have to be very outgoing. Yeah. And, and so it's kind of, some people, that's just not their personality. Right. And that's probably the biggest thing that's hard for us because if that's just, they're just more introverted, it's a very extroverted job. Right. Now, we can kind of find things behind the scenes, but for the most part, it is, you know. And it's helped some people, like, with their confidence and mm. getting them out. But, um, yeah, it's 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 challenging because you're, you're teaching them some things that they haven't learned yet in the yeah. classroom. And it might not work out for you, but that's something that they will take with them. <laughs> like I think about working at Counterculture was my first non-church job. Right. And Rocky Cassio is a great boss. Loved yeah. working there at Counterculture before it was Cassio's. But there were things that you would say or learn. Like, I didn't think about that. Or, yeah, I really probably should not just lean on the counter and doing these things. Of, right. Like, I, I felt like I was a good, hardworking kid, but I really did just take something from that. Like, I don't want to be at counterculture forever. This wasn't my career, but I'm thankful that I learned and went into right. that. And you learn from other people that you're working with. It's like, I don't want to be like that. Right. I don't not do that. And try There's to... still things that yeah. like Donnie McDaniel would say, if you can lean, you can yep, lean. Absolutely. Or, you know, you can't sell from the back, meaning all your inventory. I mean, there's still that stuck with me, Yeah. you know, in your adult life. Oh, yeah. And you're like, okay, that's good to know. That's like, right. So, no, yeah. That's awesome. And then we'll wrap up on Enneagram because you and me both love the Enneagram. We're yes. to that. You did a training for your staff. Was that a yes. year or two ago? Yes. And, and I just, just using that in your workplace. What right. do you think? Yeah. Um, like you said, empathy. Yeah. So like if you can understand, I just finished like the awakening of the Enneagram, that book. I don't know. Them. Um, And it goes, Jamie East told me about it. Okay. And it's, it goes into each one and really like their childhood. Mm. And, oh, my gosh, I, like, I called my friend who's a six, um, and I'm like, I want to, like, hug baby you. <laughs> like, that is so sad. Um, and then I have a friend who's a seven, and I was like, I, she, you know, of course, she's a seven. She doesn't want to yeah. go to counseling and oh, talk yeah. about any of her stuff. And so I was telling her kind of what makes a seven a seven, like, in a childhood and about. Mm. And she was like, that's freaky. Like, and so it really makes me more empathetic to people. But, um, yeah, and I mean, especially for myself, I, Paul and I, this is our year of health. That's like our word for the year is mm. to be healthier relationships, healthier bodies, like everything. Um, so it's it challenges me, too, as a two. Yeah. Twos. <laughs> Represent. Represent. You and me. We're That's both right. there. I'm going to link. We just had an Enneagram coach on the Backstage with the Civil Church podcast, the other one we do. If you don't check that one out, we'd love for you to do that. Mm-hmm. Andy Bond works for Clint Davis and does some coaching. So if you're looking for more Enneagram resources, we'll put the book in there that Brittany just talked about. I'd love for you to go dive into that and figure it mm-hmm. out because it does help. But yeah. I just think it's interesting. You as a business owner working through that, you've started to use that more and seen how it's helped you Yeah, I mean, with I think employees. You can't use that as an excuse, Paul. That's his like, biggest thing. Mm. Like You cannot use your number as an excuse. Right. Uh, but you can to understand people better and, you know, maybe not be as sensitive. What motivates them. Yeah. 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 For so. sure. 
It's awesome. So, Brittany, thanks for coming thanks, on. Evan. Thanks for coming back and chatting with us. Thank you for listening. We hope that helped you. If you're a new parent, you're trying to figure it out. If you're looking to work with Gen Z, you're a parent of a teenager, the Cinnamon Simply Chic, Brittany, hire them immediately. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but we do want to just help you. That's why we do this podcast. We hope it enjoyed it. Thanks for coming on, Brittany, and thank you for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe, get a new episode each week.